So I had like this was an episode that I had the most notes, like not related specifically to the episode, but related to like the show as a whole and like different things too. And all yeah. three normally it's two pages, but it's all three this time. That's crazy. Like, excuse me. <laughs> I realized this was like, a fun episode. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Dumb quote. This is. This Can is we please episode... just slay one dragon at a time? This is one episode of the new that, name like, of our I podcast is Dolce and Gabbana and Leibowitz. No, I don't remember this episode at all. I have no like, memory of this, but it it was familiar. Either. Do you know what I mean? Like, did, uh, did you say I me have a lot either, of those Addy? Me- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a lot of those moments with this show. <laughs> Where like I don't re- like I don't remember anything, but then I'm like, oh, I definitely watched this because I like I yeah. vividly got this like slap in the face of Hannah like telling off Janet because when she goes when she goes um hi excuse me and the lady keeps walking and she goes Janet like Janet. the way that she says that <laughs> I was like oh my god like duh I remember this but like the whole episode I was like why don't I remember any of this it was hilarious I mean the first scene had two great quotes you're as welcome in this town as a cold sword yeah <laughs> like I I was just laughing and then also the amount of moody lighting this episode oh, ridiculous yeah. I was like the directing in this episode was weird anyone like, I kept so, turning up the brightness on my head. But, like, a thing I noticed when I was putting our um, our script together is, like, this episode was written by a female writer. And, like, the girls do a lot of really mature things this episode. Except Aria. Well, yeah. I was so I have, mad at Aria. I have oh, so many. Episodes. Yeah. I have so many angry notes about Aria. I'm not telling my parents also, we're dating. I don't know no. what... I don't know what they did to Fitz this episode, but he looks like a toddler. Like I don't know if I he was shaved that. or like he what looks he looks so like such young. a baby this episode. It's the yeah. hair. Some, they changed something with his hair. Oh, maybe he got a haircut. Yeah, he looks like he looks yeah. like a an or he styled it differently. I don't know. Definitely an infant. But yeah, I was like, Fitz looks like a baby this episode. What's going on? Um, but like, but like, I wonder if some of the like immature things that the girls do, if we looked back, like if the writer, if, like the head writer for the episode are... made a difference. I imagine that it, I, it did to a point, I would imagine, because sometimes they have to be immature for the story to progress in a certain manner. Yeah, but I mean, you know? like, like thought, would, would like, it make a difference if a thirty-year-old man is writing sixteen-year-old girls on their like maturity level or like the way that they talk about things versus a thirty-year-old woman writing about a sixteen-year-old girl? And I've never like has some consciously some thought about that before. So I'll have to like keep an eye on that. I felt like the story was so fast this episode. Like we covered a lot of ground. Mm -hmm.
Welcome to podcast, a Pretty Little Liars podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Pretty Little Liars one at a time, spoiler free. My name is Emily. I'm Kelly. And I'm Addie. Emily and Kelly have seen all of Pretty Little Liars. And Addie is experiencing the show for the first time. This week, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 5, The Devil You Know. This episode was written by Maya Goldsmith and directed by Michael Grossman. The Devil You Know originally aired on July 12, 2011. And this is the one where, as the shocking news about Ian makes the rounds through Rosewood, Arya, Emily, Hannah, Spencer, and their families all try to cope with the outcome and some much-needed closure. Last week, Addie predicted that A kills Paige, somebody else (laughs) killed Ian, not a suicide note, uh, and that Ian was bludgeoned (laughs) by a a horseshoe. Uh, The phone was put into Spencer's bag. Hannah's dad is going to come back next episode because Hannah fucks up. Uh, Hannah's mom. (laughs) I don't remember Hannah's Hannah's mom is A. A. But I trust you. Um, Hannah likes Lucas. Less than three, less than three, less than three. Uh, episode specific. We'll have some yeah, Mona. And it'll be a Hellmouth, like Buffy, underneath Rosewood. Oh, don't worry. This episode that we just watched, I thought there was a Stranger Things link. So don't worry. We're on to a whole other show. <laughs> Legitimate. <laughs> Addie was predicting legitimate devils. <laughs> um, who wants to read the previously on? I think I did it last week. Okay, I can do it this week. Perfect, because I did not want to. <laughs> <laughs> previously on Pretty Little Liars, Fitz and Arya kissing in public. Jackie, Fitz could be married. Caleb and Hannah, it was easy. I'm not the ring... <laughs> The ring is a horseshoe. I was like, what the fuck did that mean? But it was in the pawn shop. Uh, someone is stealing stuff. Arya got McRecked. Someone's in Jason's <laughs> house and mean? Ian is dead. I it's, don't remember. She gets McRecked. like she gets like body checked into the oh, table. Oh, oh, this was one thing that I was laughing at during that because it sounds like both screams for Arya's scream and then Melissa's scream were the same. <laughs> like the same I audio. If they were like ADR'd afterwards but and they just like played it it also, over the top. like I'll take with a grain of salt my memory, guys. And I know they played like ten seconds apart, but I was like, this sounded fucking similar. Did I go back to check? No. <laughs> but I thought they sounded the same and I was like, that's kinda silly. Right. I don't know. I mean, they could have ADR'd a scream for, like, something, and then they just kind of slapped it over the top of a bunch of stuff because it sounded good. And they're in separate episodes, so it's like, who is But just a couple of girls watching it for a podcast. (laughs) So they have an iPad now. Okay, that is the chunkiest iPad I've ever seen. That was like a laptop. Is that like iPad 1.0? Wait, I don't even know when the first iPad came out. I'm gonna look that up. Later. Yeah, I don't even know if it's like a an iPad or if there's like other if there was other tablets at the time. That is a great point. I don't feel like Apple was the first tablet, but that I don't know. That could be it. 
I don't know either. But um, I did notice that Spencer had a MacBook in this episode, which um, earlier she had a PC computer, like in the first season. And there was a huge piece of tape to cover up the Apple, the Apple logo. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I'm, like, so why I'm did they wondering... tape it down the whole computer? Yeah, so I'm wondering if it was actually like an like an early iPad, and the, they... the first one came out in 2010. So that that, that could makes be sense. An early iPad. That thing was a box. It was yeah. thick. Um. So and then they're talking about whether it's a suicide note or a confession, and Spencer says it's both. And then Hannah took a picture of the note before they called the cops. I have to say, the clarity of her phone camera in 2011 was superb. Right? I don't remember any. I could, I'm there. sure I could dig up pictures from my phone in 2011, and they wouldn't look like that. Yeah, I have <laughs> pictures of Corey and I from 2012, and they don't look like that from my cell phone. Yeah. And then we get such a great line. We're as welcome in this town as a cold sword. <laughs> right. I feel like at this point, Emily's like the only sane one. They're like trying to move on. Like, oh, Ian's dead. They're, we don't have any problems anymore. They've still not like dealt with the A issue. Yeah. I would. That frustrated me this episode that everyone was kind of ignoring, or especially Spencer was like brushing off. Emily let's just talking move about this on. stuff. <laughs> Can we please just slay one dragon at a time? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Ian's kidding. already dead. Move on to A. But it's also like, wouldn't you be more freaked out that Ian's dead, but A is harassing you guys? And essentially the conclusion they come to at the end of the episode is that A gave them all this information. I'm like, I would be more freaked out that Ian's dead. Yeah, And well, there's and a like, note. And A yeah. knows all this stuff, and A knew that they that he died. Like, right. Well, and Spencer made a I comment agree. that like Ian made her more nervous than A did, and I'm like, what crack are you on? Because yeah, also Spencer was Ian there. Is. Spencer was there when quote unquote A like the hooded figure pushed him off the bell tower. That's so, true. Like, they already knew Ian wasn't A. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, also, to bring back Addie's point from earlier that the Rosewood Observer is a really, like, fancy-as-shit small-town newspaper, that same, like, full-color, high-resolution picture of yeah. Allie is on the front cover of the newspaper again. And there were so many copies in the trash. I yeah, just... I was like, why are there so many copies of the town newspaper in the high school trash can? I that Yeah, that was my other thing. Also, I was like, don't they have recycling bins? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Clearly and then, not. And then I remembered, because, uh, well, this was like a year before Corey and I started dating. And with Corey being from Pennsylvania, he didn't have like can returns that you could deposit your cans for, like get money back. Oh, he, yeah. He correct. was like, that was a foreign concept. And I was That's like, correct. what? I so, had no idea that was a thing until I went to I Ithaca. was very thrown off when I went to Wegmans here, and I was like, where is the can deposit at the entrance? And they just, apparently Pennsylvania doesn't do that. I don't know if Weird, they do it now, no? though. I don't know. 
either, but when I grew up there, that was not a thing. Oh man, my brother just asked where he can listen to us. <laughs> no. Um, on tell Spotify, him in your hell. favorite podcast directory. Tell I said we're on po- Apple Podcasts or wherever you podcast. And then no. I said it's silly. <laughs> I didn't no. give him the name. I didn't give him the name. Yeah, LJ but he, said just, he, he knows what your name is. LJ said he wouldn't listen to it because um, he like wants to respect like keeping things separate and i was like i mean i wouldn't expect you to listen to it because i feel like you'd be bored as shit because like you don't watch pretty little liars <laughs> that's, that's also my main thought like we'll turn around the korean to season finale like he'd we be will do so boring. I, I want so today to be... though he he whipped his head around at that don't take a bonnet I'm sorry, but how did an adult woman not catch that that was a lie? I don't know. And that was a... Uh, well, a woman's an me. idiot. Um, Janet. 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 Uh, what else happens in this first scene? Oh, Emily gets the A-text that's like, does this suicide note look familiar? Um, also, yeah. I'd like to point out that like, it comes up later in the episode, which which reminded me of this. Um, Spencer's mom mentions that they're like still supposed to be separate like they're not even trying to be sneaky anymore I think this was like shocking because when the cop comes up to them and brings up like oh you you know I'm sorry you guys saw that oh and then body decay guys we can talk about body decay we can talk about body decay again I got so excited in my notes about that And oh then, yeah, Garrett being like he was—he's been dead for a week. Dead scum. Yeah. What? But he was scum, and now he's dead scum. I. I think it's because they all experienced it together, and then I think collectively the parents on their own. Similar. No, I can't remember if it was Spencer's mom. I think it's or Spencer's Mama Marin, who was like. Though we drove you guys like Spencer's mom like apologizes for being the catalyst for like separating them and stuff and she's the one that calls all the other parents to have the girls come to the funeral yeah I so Um, I think it's like but I just like at the beginning of this episode I forgot they were supposed to be separate because they're not like trying to be sneaky about being together like they have been for the last few episodes with Ella dropping in like so um and then uh we're like when we go into the Hastings house we see Spencer's parents because like they've been gone for the last few episodes um and Spencer yells at grandma oh my gosh I was laughing so hard I was like of course also I'm like the way she's being so dramatic I'm like that is you respond to the press because they'd eat that up and make your life hell but she's too young and dumb to get that and then it was grandma <laughs> um, oh sorry grandma let me let me give you to my mom oh my god that was i and then i put i was like just take the phone off the hook silence the ringer i was like what like guys oh, yeah. common sense yeah. And then um ian's aunt and family want nothing to do with him like i'm sorry 
But, like, I feel like even if your kid is, like, a creepy murderer, like, the body is your responsibility. 100%. Like, I... it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't fall on the Hastings to, like, have his body interred with the county if that's what they choose to do. Especially because they're not family. Yeah, I mean, unless, I guess, it because Melissa is technically his next of kin, it would fall on Melissa, so maybe that's why the Hastings are doing it. Well, I was, like, I, at the end of the episode, I got why Melissa's parents were so, we don't want to be responsible for this. Like, we don't want to put a funeral on for him. He's a murderer in our town. Like, he killed right. one of our, you know, our One childs. of our kids' friends. And, but then I was like, that really is ignoring Melissa's, um, like, what she's going through and dealing with. Like, she's going to need a bit of closure. And I just felt like this episode, they really ignored Melissa, like, dealing with all of this. Yeah, that was one of the notes that I wrote in that, in this first scene in the Hastings house, was, like, all of a sudden the parents aren't, like, kissing Melissa's ass. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I guess, like, if you look at it in the way that the Hastings family dynamic has been, she fucked up by marrying a murderer and having his child. Um, So, like, they're punishing her, but that doesn't seem like that, like, their family dynamic in this episode is way different than anything we've seen the entire yeah. time. It, I'm not, I thought we'd almost, it felt that way with even... Uh, like this episode was just a very it was a shift yeah well like um like seeing mom hannah's mom like freaking out about like every time you leave the house i'm afraid you're never gonna come back it's like finally the they're like pointing out what the parents are probably dealing with you know because as selfish as it may seem i'm sure that every parent goes through that a little bit when a kid that your kid knows dies. Like, oh my God, what if it was my kid? I don't know what I would do. You know, like every parent kind of goes through their own, the same way that like Spencer and Aria and Hannah and Emily are dealing with the loss of a friend. Like these parents are dealing with the loss of someone that could have been their kid just as easily. And then now on top of it, like, they know she died, but now they know it was someone that, like, the Hastings welcomed into their family. Someone that right. Ellen Montgomery talked with and, like, wished him well. And just mm-hmm. all of them realizing like this was someone in the community. Yeah. yeah, like, this was just a guy. Yeah, it was a little, um... It's scary. Like, it, it was, it was, int- like, I really liked seeing the different dynamic. Uh, it, like, in this episode, it felt like we were actually diving into their emotions and their responses to this trauma versus the last few episodes where it's been very superficial. Like the, yeah, um, for sure. They're yeah, being like, not, deal- like, not, I guess, really focusing on what's wrong. Yeah, well, and, like, I had a note, too, that, like, I I remembered really liking Spencer's mom um, when I watched the show the first time, and 
I've really disliked her this watch through. And I think that like this shift in, um, in kind of everybody's vibe, this episode, this is more of like the way that Spencer's mom is, I think throughout the rest of the season, like her admitting that she was wrong and like apologizing to Spencer. Um, I think like it kind of is more true to the character that she that like that I remember of her the, of her being, you know. It's also just nice that there was like some humanity there. Yeah, yeah. Like they finally saw what Spencer was going through, also, you know. Yeah, it like they're like finally understanding that like they can love both of their daughters at the same time, even at the expense ways. of Melissa. <laughs> yeah. So versus like they they you know it, they were only loving the daughter that was winning, <laughs> and now it's like oh well huh. when I didn't both realize I could love are, both of them when they're both losing we can love them equally <laughs> yeah um, so then Caleb and Hannah are hanging out which is fun uh, one fake date does not a relationship make that's another that was another quote. Ugh. I love Hannah. And I really like Caleb this episode, too. Oh, I'm I finally love enjoying Caleb. That's good, because he's my favorite. I was like, he's winning me over, finally. Yay. That makes yeah, me feel good. It definitely takes a while to like warm up to him. Yeah. Um, well, I like that we're finding him. out more about him. Yes. Like, he's no longer just boy with long hair who's bad. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Caleb mentions that he's seen a dead body. I'd like to hear that story. Because all I could picture was stand by me. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Do we ever hear that story? Not that I remember. Not that I remember. I don't know either. if it matters. It probably doesn't, but I do want to know it. Um, and I think uh, the other note I had for this scene with Ashley and Hannah is that they have kind of a fun dynamic. Like, they've got, like, a mother-daughter dynamic, but they also have, like, a little bit of a buddy-buddy, like, um, we both got left by dad solidarity kind of dynamic that seems a little it's bit more friendly like- than it does mom and daughter. It's like a more modern slash bougie Gilmore Girls kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, like, and I like that energy when they have it. And yeah. I think it it also felt like, um, like Mama Mary was kind of like reminding Hannah, but I think, bringing it back, like I really care about, like I'm not being strict, like. Um, I think part of it is that like mom is trying to not let Hannah um, like see that she's going through it too Mm -hmm. and like this is her first moment like aside from like the money issues where she never she never really let Hannah in on the money issues it was kind of like she was forced to tell Hannah about the money issues yeah. Um, and I feel like in this instance, it's mom finally opening opening up and being like, look, like I deal with stuff too. Like I have emotions also. 
Um, so it was kind of nice that like uh, they had a moment where like Hannah got to comfort mom and mom was like a little bit vulnerable where she's tried to be like the, you know, stoic, strong, adult, grown up lady in the house. I liked it. I was happy. Yeah, it was, that, a, it was um, a cute scene. And Caleb was there to witness it all. So it just felt bad how he was just awkwardly standing there. Also, the, like, I do know Mama Marin really likes Caleb. He did stay with them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I just think back to, like, I was in high school and I was home alone. And then one of my parents came home and there was a boy there with me, like, there would not be a straight up like cop. How's everything going? There would be like hell to pay. Yeah. I don't think I would have gotten in trouble. Um, I think in this instance, Mom kind of knows that Hannah's standing her ground with Caleb at this point because, like, they've had that conversation that, like. Um, like they've talked about how Caleb hurt her and stuff so like I wonder if mom just wasn't as mad because she's just happy to see that like they're interacting maybe either that or they just did it so they they could awkwardly set up the eat pray love drink snap slap all of them um so and then the world's most awkward and awful scene is Ariane Fitz in his oh. office. She's Ugh. first she's sitting on his desk, and then he puts his hand on her thigh in like the dumbest way, and then Jackie like knocks on the door. Obviously, she saw them, and they still are acting like they've been so sneaky. Like Fitz is like, "This is my former student." Like, bitch, he like she just saw you with your hand up her skirt and then also so this is where so after she leaves and aria is bringing up you know how she's upset being introduced as a former student and that the point of getting this job is that they can be out there which is stupid she's still a kid they can't be out there but then when fitz is like well you kind of threw it when you brought up your dad i'm like Hold on a second there. Like, Arya did... It's like, Arya didn't do anything wrong. But, like, Arya realized this person... You to a pit stop. (laughs) Stop being a whiny bitch. You're a grown-ass man dating a child. So I'm like, Tits, how dumb are you? Like, clearly this woman met Arya at Arya's house. Like, Arya... She's not gonna play... But I just didn't like how... I just, I really don't like, just don't like, their age gap is so gross. I agree. I think they're just, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. I remember rooting so hard for them the first time I watched this show. And it's like totally now everything that way. 
everything about their relationship makes me want to slap both of them across the face. Like him grabbing her face and is like, what should I introduce you as from now on? Pookie Bear? And I'm like, if you call her Pookie Bear one more goddamn time, I'm going to reach through the TV screen and like slam you into a wall. Yeah. But I also... I also think him introducing Arya as a former student was like a really bad choice, considering Jackie very obviously saw them canoodling. Mm-hmm. Like that. Oh, and he's only been teaching for a day. Yeah. <laughs> he's done a really nice office, though. Yeah. So, and then like, um, this was the scene where I really noticed that Fitz like doesn't look as old as he's looked in the other episodes. Like they've, whatever they did, they've made him look younger. Um, And I think the thing- I think it's his hair. I think his hair is like swooshed differently or something. Um, So we were talking about uh, the Fitz and Arya scene and with Jackie in his office. The other thing that I wanted to point out is that like Jackie also irritates the shit out of me. But, like, she technically has the correct opinion, which is that Fitz shouldn't be dating a tiny little girl. Right. But why doesn't she do anything? Yes, that's what I was going to say, because this is now the second time. Like, the first time was flirty and they were touchy, and that's still not okay. This second time was, like, he had his hand Well, she saw them making out. In the previously on, oh they showed God. she yes, saw them she making out. Oh wait, out. I thought she just saw them like touching hands. Okay, I forgot about the making out. Yeah, yeah, no, she saw them kissing at Hollis. So not only are the adults or the kids and the cops dumb in this town, but apparently the adults are too. Yeah. I just, so I don't know. Well, and I don't know if like because she's his ex fiance. Like, I don't know if part of her problem is, like, she doesn't want to say anything because she doesn't want to seem like the crazy ex or whatever. But, like, he's dating a literal child. Yeah, I feel like... It's not, like, just her being jealous of him being in a new relationship. Like, he's dating someone that is 16 years old. And I wonder if maybe she's especially with coming back here, she's hoping that they'll be able to rekindle their relationship. So if she says something and blows this up, like she has to be calculated in her moves, which is gross again, because it's yeah. Like just technically thing people, it's not that hard. Yeah. But it wouldn't be so dramatic. Drama. If you see something, keep it a secret until it blows up in your face. (laughs) Yep. That's what Gossip Girl taught us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. XOXO Gossip Squirrel. Um, But, like, I just, I think it's funny, too, that, like, we don't see Jenna as a sympathetic character until kind of the pottery class at Hollis. But, like, when you really think about it, she's, like, totally a victim like Allie blinded her mm-hmm. and we like they write her as this villain until you get this moment of like oh yeah that's right Jenna's also a person like it seems wow. that way with Jackie she feels too things. 
But then she's also blackmailing Toby and sexually yeah. assaulting him. So yeah, like, she's so not she's a doing good person, no. but she's a person. <laughs> yeah, like they they do a lot of like dehumanizing and like villainizing of her, but like she is also a teenager that got blinded by like a mega bitch. Because like Allie's not a nice person, and that's but why then she's dead. They like they write Jackie kind of the same way where like they write Jackie as this like villain that's trying to break up this epic romance and it's like well no she's like a grown ass adult that used to be engaged to another grown ass adult who's now dating a child like she should be breaking them up yeah well whatever like, the her motive is in, the way she walks in, so she, like, knocks on the door, and it's very obvious. Like, there's no way that Ariane Fizz, like, the way that they act is, like, oh, she didn't know that we were, that I had my hand up your skirt. But, like, she, it was so obvious that she saw them. And then she goes, oh, hey, Z. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Like, they're all playing it, like, oh, I didn't see anything. And, like, oh, she didn't see anything, but... How are you that dumb? Everybody saw everything. Oh, wait. (laughs) That just reminded me. And then when Arya got upset that Jackie called him Z because he didn't give up his college nickname. And I'm like, hold on. He hasn't seen this woman in a long ass time. Also, Z (laughs) is not like, like, Pookie Bear. (laughs) Pookie Bear is like a small child's nickname so like i could understand a high schooler not wanting to be called pookie bear like calling someone z like his name is ezra calling him z like that's not a stretch and it's things k e and a yeah it's not like it's not like jackie like walked into the room and was like hey sweetie pie like she's not giving like giving him a nick or calling him a term of endearment from their relationship then we have to remember that aria is 16 has zero relationship experience (laughs) she's viewing this as like the end of the world yeah it'd be like if It'd be like if LJ introduced himself to me as Leland and, like, I only knew him that way. And then, like, one of his friends from college came in and was like, hey, LJ. But, like, you got mad irrationally. Yeah, but then I got mad because one of his friends from college had a nickname for him. Like, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. She was very childish in this episode with Ezra. Yeah. Oh my god. I have so many angry notes from the funeral scene later when we get there. Ugh. Um, so Arya and Fitz's relationship in this episode is just a fucking disaster. (laughs) Um, In every episode. (laughs) Some sometimes they're like the writers write them very cute scenes and very mature scenes that make me like Aw, and then I'm like, oh no, wait, why am I doing this? This is dumb. They're gross. They need to break up like yesterday. Because, like, I can understand um, to a point, like, they didn't know that he was her teacher, like, when they met and they connected. So, like, I can understand that there's a little bit of an issue for them. Right. But like, I can understand that there's an issue for them. Like they had, you know, they had a good conversation, like disregarding the makeout, like ignoring that part. They had a good conversation and they connected on like a human level. 
that's cool. But like, as soon as they realized that it was a teacher student relationship, Ezra should have shut it down. And he didn't because Arya is a child. Like, I don't expect her to be able to make a rational decision because the society that we live in, like, glorifies the student-teacher relationship, which is evidenced by the fact that we're watching a TV show that's glorifying a student-teacher relationship. Like, if Arya was a real 16-year-old girl, it wouldn't surprise me if she wanted to date her teacher because that's, like, what we watch on TV. Ezra, as the grown adult teacher in a position of power should have prevented this from going any further than it did like it's his responsibility because he's the adult and he doesn't take his responsibility and he does the selfish thing and continues the relationship and anything bad that happens to them going forward he deserves it (laughs) that's my new that's my new opinion I subscribe to this wasn't my original opinion. I was like, yay, go teach your relationship because I grew up in a society where you were supposed to root for them. Well, hey, if you, I mean, watching this when it aired 10 years ago, we were all the same age as then. So our opinions and thoughts will be really different. Um, yeah. Also, I completely forgot about the speedy delivery guy that Emily was like, do I know you? If they wouldn't have put that flash, if they wouldn't (laughs) have put that flashback in there, I would have had no idea what. Well, that's what I literally, I forgot. I'm like, oh, this guy kind of looks like Noel. I was like, hmm, interesting. I definitely get that. But then when they, yeah, the flashback, I was like, oh, (laughs) literally my notes I wrote when she looked up Logan Reed, I was like, I don't remember that. And then I saw the flash, I was like, oh, wait, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, so, and then um, she got some kind of real estate paperwork stuff for her mom. Um, oh, so we kind of already talked about this. This is the, the next scene is where mom comes in and is like, Ren called and apologizes. And it's like a really nice scene between mom and Spencer. Spencer, of all people, would not have shoes on her furniture. This is the girl that mom told her, you can't eat a muffin in your room, so she threw it in the trash. (laughs) And they're just letting her put her shoes on her couch or her chaise lounge. Maybe because she's been through some trauma, they're letting the rules slide. Yeah, this this is their way of being sympathetic. They're like, hey, we know you're going through a lot. You don't want to take your shoes off? Don't even worry about it. Live a little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, um, also, mom says that, oh, Ren called to check on you girls, and if your dad would have answered, he would have hung up. He's not as forgiving as I am. Up to this point, like, neither of them are very forgiving, no, but but uh, Mama Hastings is a little bit more forgiving. Just like just like a centimeter more forgiving. Yeah. So, also, I think it's interesting that like Ren called to check up on both the girls. Yeah. Well, he could because just like, check up on one. That would be awkward. Oh, well. right, because he made out with both of them. <laughs> Because but, he's another adult that likes children. But he was there, though, right? 
Yeah, he was there when they found the body because um, yeah, because I him and Spencer, him and Spencer were in cahoots so that Spencer could follow cahoots Ren and Melissa. And then Melissa and Ren were in cahoots too. <laughs> yeah, because he was giving her all the drugs illegally. So he's I not even a doctor yet, and he's already going to get his medical license suspended. I suspended, I not revoked. I don't. I don't know if they. I mean, I, I guess it depends remember. on the, the like grievance. Like he said, he's not giving the big painkillers. Yeah, he's not giving her the hard stuff. Right. I'll have to run it by my friend. He's just theater. giving Tylenol. <laughs> Could you imagine? Here's some ibuprofen for your bullet wound. <laughs> I still think it's a horseshoe. Yeah. Oh right, he got smashed in the head with a horseshoe. Yeah, but also, <laughs> but also, Ian's body was not one week decomposed. No, it didn't look that. So my guess is that they had to like tone down the graphicness of that moment. Um. So because of the network that they were yeah. on, which is why I think why like you get the exposition of Garrett being like he was dead for a week because that's not something a cop would just like tell someone. Well, uh, he's like, also a really shitty cop. That's I mean they all that's are. That's True, he is a terrible <laughs> like, cop. Like, like him, wrote, him being sucks, dead. Garrett sucks. <laughs> him being dead for a week would have like come up if they were checking alibis, for example. Maybe that's but, what he was trying to do, but he was he was trying to let the girls know like when they needed an alibi for. You maybe. know, maybe he was trying to be a homie. Maybe <laughs> I thought you were about to say he was trying to be a hoe. That like, too. Another adult. That too, though. He d- <laughs> he was a little flirty. Well, also okay. So we know Garrett went to Rosewood High with them, but like Jenna's still a high schooler with them, like. Jenna's oh supposed God, to be I their age. Him and Jenna were a thing. Yeah. How many adults? Kids. All of them. Oh, every would, every adult in this show is fucking someone that's too young. Children. And when children are so like... stupid. <laughs> so, like in our very first like um, discussion of the show in our like pre-show episode. We talk about how like I'm Arlene King is great and maybe a little crazy because she like thought up this whole world and everything. But like I'm Arlene King just really likes adult men with children, female children, apparently, because like every relationship on this show seems to be going in that direction, except for like Toby and Spencer and Hannah and Caleb at this point. Wow. Like. Because it's it's consistently a lot. Well, um, Emily and Maya were the same age. That's true too. That's another well, and uh, Ben. Even though they were the same age, he was also very sexual assaulty. So. Yeah, he was the worst. Fuck that yeah, guy. I'm man. glad he got out of here. The relationships in this show, not great. Uh, yeah, not healthy at all. Yeah. So if- then, let's see. Where did where were we? going from here um, oh mom apologizes and asks for forgiveness which was really nice um oh i liked that mom said um so we're planning a funeral no frills no flowers and as far as i'm concerned no tears <laughs> i totally forgot because initially when mom was like 
We're not going to be responsible for it. Well, why should we hold Thinking, what time is this fiance that just committed suicide slash was murdered? Like, wouldn't you guys want to be supportive? Totally, totally forgot that the suicide note said to kill Allison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, so then finally, when she was apologizing and saying, it, or like, it's like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, maybe I can curse these people. But I was just sitting there thinking how horrible Spencer's feelings are, and then I backtracked. Yeah, well, and, like, it's it's kind of weird because, like, at this point, Spencer has been so, um, Spencer has been so, like, second banana in this family, and they've been all in support is of Melissa. Is that a thing people say? Do people say second banana? What is well, second it's, banana? <laughs> it's a thing that I say, so, meh. Um, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> like at this point like spencer has lost every argument like she kissed ren or ren kissed her and melissa's relationship broke up so then um spencer gotten like got pushed back you know pushed under the rug for that and melissa was the one that they were taking care of and then all of this stuff happens and oh well spencer's being a liar because ian is melissa's husband and the father of her child and now it's like okay cool melissa's mental health doesn't matter like not only did she lose a fiance the father of her child like to death but she also found out that he murdered her younger sister's friend like and melissa points this out at the and end now of the she's episode. carrying demon spawn like now <laughs> exactly. her baby is half girl. evil Oh, yeah, I forgot it's a girl. She does tell us that. You're right. Yeah, I don't have any but, notes, so I'm doing this. I'm doing a bad job. I'm really sorry, guys. I'll take um, notes next week. But, like, with, You're good. with all of this, like, um, like, Melissa says this at the end. She's like, it's like I lost him twice. Because now she's finding out that he's the exact opposite of everything she thought he was. And she was doing all of this shady shit to protect an innocent man. And then she finds out that she's been duped. And also that she like really didn't believe or trust her sister and just thought her sister was being jealous jealous. and snotty, Mm -hmm. which it's, it's gotta really suck when you get duped. Detective Emily. I love Detective Emily. I've only been doing, I've only been watching Wheel of Fortune with my mom forever. Oh my gosh. Which made me laugh really hard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love Wheel of Fortune. The one thing, the one thing that I don't understand though is why Emily didn't say like A sent me a text message with a clue in it. Because, like, it wasn't totally her idea to, like, re... Like, she was already looking at the note being like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't seem right. But then she got that A message that was like, doesn't this look familiar? And that's why Emily finally, like, figured out that it was A text messages. Um, But, like, I don't understand why Emily just didn't say, like, A sent me a creepy message. And so I looked at the suicide note some more. I thought that was weird that, like, after all of this, like, trying to be honest with at least each other, she, like, kept that portion a secret. Yeah, I thought so, too. I also just thought it was weird that A 
texted to like nudge that the note wasn't totally it, authentic. Or it like feels like from a, Ian. It feels like a serial killer a little bit, you know, where they like the press isn't noticing that they're this genius. You know, A is like, I'm a genius. I I hid this like secret note and then nobody's figuring it out. So then they send a letter to the police that's like, haha, I am the the zodiac or whatever. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Is it's like yeah. you bitches aren't figuring it out on your own, and I want you to understand how clever I am. That's kind of the whole deal, huh? That's what it feels like. And I did um, like when they brought up. They were like later in the episode. They were like, "A gives us everything." And also takes it all back. And mm-hmm. so it was, like, nice that they finally started to realize that. Yeah. Because um, everyone was so, besides Emily, was so nonchalant in the beginning of the episode about A. And I think finally they all got smart and realized, like, hmm, this isn't over. We should be scared. Right. And then... um Spencer, so it switches between Emily, like, figuring out that the suicide note is a bunch of A messages. Spencer's trying to find a replacement engagement ring, and A threatens to um, return the ring when you least expect it. Um, And then Mike tries to do a break-in at Jason's house. I really wonder how long A had to, like, stage themselves outside of Spencer's house to catch Spencer doing that. Like, Especially this episode, thinking of all the different places A had to be, like in the graveyard. I'm like, how long did you perch in a tree until they decided to show up? Like until they figured out your weird clue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way, but that's hysterical. Well, just imagine like for hours. I was like, like, your little hoodie. Well, no life. I mean, how pathetic is it that you just are so fixated on these teenagers all the time? But also, Emily didn't get that text message. So, like, A had to have been like staring through Emily's window, like watching her look at Ian's um, that, like the the um, map on the back of Ian's. Uh, like program the the service the order of service thing from his funeral she's like looking at that and then she's look and then she's like in her room and then she gets the a message and then she looks at the thing from mom or that mom got in the mail and like it's weird that to think that like a was standing outside of emily's window and then had to like scurry over to beat them to the cemetery Mm -hmm. And then just had to wait around, like, how long did it take them to follow the map and, like, figure out where they were supposed to go? Because, like, as a 16-year-old, I would have gotten lost, like, four times. Gosh, I just, I could not. And just, like, I just kept thinking of how A is. That's why A wears a black hoodie and gloves, because they're, like, outside in the dark, in the cold a lot, waiting for the girls to show up. (laughs) Right, and then um, um, so Mike does a break in, and Jason like lurks like a creepy like stalker around his own house all the time. Yeah, um, that's how and you, then, that's how you protect a home. 
Apparently. You have um, a home. You should know this. Jason would be a would it be a good broody vampire on a teen vampire show, I think. He does give off spike vibes for sure. Yeah. Um I definitely like I definitely the, the like bad boy vampire vibes. Um and then what else? Oh, his conversation with Arya where he's like this like sad puppy standing in her doorway like there's been enough cops at my house for one year and then she just like closes the door in his face she's like okay bye (laughs) well how else would she be meant to respond do you know what I mean yeah like I don't I don't understand what he was trying to get out of her like what like I don't get what Jason was trying to do she's like Okay, thanks for not calling the cops on Mike. Have a nice night. Like, why wasn't he walking away? I think maybe he was trying to make her uncomfortable. Maybe. I don't know. He tried to date her in the last episode. Yeah, and it didn't work, so he wants to punish her. That's fair, I guess. Um... So then Emily, the next scene is Emily figuring out that it's Atex. And then we get um, the Caleb and Hannah at school where uh, Caleb says, eat, pray, love, quickly turns into drink, snap, slap. Which I really, I I like that because I think it, like, I think Hannah knows his foster situation isn't great, but I think that was kind of a moment that really she saw that reality and yeah she took it and bounced on janet which was yeah great. well and like the fact that caleb like tells her that janet you know he shows up so that cps gives her the money and that's it yeah and she doesn't but he's living with questions. lucas yeah so like she's making money on a kid that like isn't even living in her home and the point of the reason that like they get money from the government is to like feed that person that they're yeah. taking care of and like obviously she's not because he's living with Lucas. Yeah, she's not doing any of the things that she's like legally obligated to do as a foster parent. Mm-hmm. You know. Um well, and then, like, later Caleb says, like, oh, here, let me give you, like, the Reader's, Reader's Digest version of me. Like, I like kung fu movies, something else. And, oh, there was one time I went four days without eating anything. Yeah. And she's like, it's inconvenient to fill out paperwork. Like, bitch, then don't be a foster parent. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's other ways to to make money. You like, don't you don't to, have like, to. Endanger children. Like, you don't have to be a foster parent. That's not something that, like, that's not something that, like, you're obligated to do. If it's not something you want to do, then, like, just find something different. Yeah. Um, sometimes people are the worst, man. And this show is full of a lot of them, apparently. Uh, that's accurate. What, what else? Oh, Emily shows up and like just in the middle of the classroom, she's like, the suicide note was a fake. It's all a text messages. I'm like, Emily, you were so smart like 10 seconds ago for figuring this out. And now you're just going to tell everybody in the most public. 
Yep, that was what I brought up. I'm like, great, guys, you're having another huge public discussion, just like at the beginning of the episode with the iPad. Um, I like that uh, that Emily says something about watching Wheel of Fortune with her mom since she was three. That's how she solves the crime. Um, also, the girls confirm that they think that they're the only. There's only five people that know about the A text messages. So, like, they, they're they in their mind, they think that they've been sneaky enough that no one else knows about what's going on with them. But My like, question is, um, I remember Arya and Ezra having the, if A knows, then I think B and C and D know too, right? Mm-hmm. Did she tell him any information about A? No, she just kind of said that, like, A is not a friend. But then right. he, like, he like continues to flip out. And then they just kind of drop the conversation because right. he so wasn't, she like, never, listening to her. She never so tells he, him. Okay. Yeah, so he, like, knows about A, but he doesn't know, like, what's going on with the whole cyberbullying situation. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, cool. Thanks for the refresher. Um, let's see. Oh, and then M goes, so, like, I'm guessing, so they have, like, timeline-wise, I got a little confused in this episode. So, like, Emily talks to them in class, and then it must be the end of the school day, because Emily immediately in the next scene goes and, like, questions the Logan guy again at the um, delivery place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's where they confirmed that he was hired by a woman and had never met Ian. I do not remember him at all, but I do remember not remembering him the last time I watched him. I like, really... Oh, oops, sorry. Like, I don't remember him delivering anything to anyone ever, but I know that I remember thinking that thought previously, you know? Yeah, so in the early I think it was in first season the girls have the tapes and they try to blackmail Ian uh into paying them money to get the tapes back the like the flash drive with all the the videos um and Logan is the one that does the money drop to get the videos but then in this episode it's implied that it wasn't Ian that hired him to buy the videos back, it was Jenna. I thought it was silly while Emily was asking questions. He brings up that it was a P.O. box drop-off. And I'm like, she asks what the person sounded like, what they looked like. I'm like, why doesn't she ask what the P.O. box number was? Right? I'm like, yes, it'd probably be very hard to figure out who gets that P.O. box, but I'm like, they're resourceful. Honestly, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's like that's like the one real clue they had was like that someone pays for that P.O. box. Yeah, because I'm like, well, it's a P.O. Like, that's tied to someone. Yeah. <sighs> that's funny. Um, and then Caleb's foster mom is a dick and Hannah, like, sees this. Good for Hannah. Uh, also, the one I mean, complaint I have about Caleb is... 
And this is like this is like saying a lot about me as a high schooler because I dated two guys that like looked like Caleb hairstyle wise, but he always looks like he just got out of bed and he hasn't showered in days. Like his hair is just like greasy and like he's got this like because I when I wake up in the morning I have this little cowlick that I have to like slick down and stuff. It's like this little bump at the back of my head and it's the same like. Caleb has the same thing. It just, it looks like he's, he hasn't been showering and he doesn't brush his hair and he's just like a greasy boy. And I mean, a 16 year old boy that like makes sense, but he's living at Lucas's house. So he's not even in like a shitty foster home right now. So why doesn't he shower? Um, cause he's a boy. That's fair. And that's what Axe body spray is for. <laughs> Caleb yep. would smell like Axe body spray. A thousand percent. So Aria confronts Mike, and Mike has been doing a sneaky, and he's been the one stealing stuff. So he did broke. Did you into- say the word "doing a sneaky"? I did. <laughs> that was those were the notes that I wrote. I'm reading my notes verbatim. Mike's been doing a sneaky. Um, oh my gosh. So he body checked Aria on accident was his defense for that, for slamming her into a, a table at Spencer's house. But he's been breaking into like everyone's house in Rosewood because she says, why aren't you breaking into strangers' houses? And he's like, well, I did that too. I like that he's honest about it. But then he does this really shitty thing that he did a, like last episode or the episode before where he's like, you can't tell mom and dad because you don't want to get them to start fighting again. Do you, Aria? And it's like, Mike, you're the one fucking up. Like if they start fighting again, it's because of you, not because of Aria. It's true. So he's like playing on Aria's guilt for another dumb kid knowing Byron's secret. Um, oh this was where I noted like I had a couple of like big overall things I like I feel like one of my issues with this show like this watch through is that the girls aren't being written like consistently maturity level wise like one episode they have these really mature moments and I know like 16 year olds are kind of ping-pongy anyway like one moment they'll like do something the right way and then two days later it'll be totally different but like There's just some things um, about the way that the girls are written that, like, it's, like, one episode, they decide that uh, they're going to be really mature about X, Y, and Z, and then the next episode, the exact same thing happens, and they react to it totally differently. And I find that, like, an interesting decision from a writer's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. I lost my words. Um, And then our next scene is Spencer talking to Melissa, like trying to tell her about the ring. Um, And then mom interrupts. So like Melissa's Melissa doesn't talk until like the very end of the episode. So she's just like sitting catatonic and Spencer says something to the effect of like, I was really mad when you picked Ian over me. So I, like, found your wedding ring, but, like, she gets interrupted by mom being like, will you set the table? Um, I know A is threatening to drop it on Melissa, but I'm like, Spencer, your timing is horrible. Do not say this now. 
Do yeah. not bring this up now. Yeah, just wait like a week, maybe, you know? Yeah, well, and I think at this point, like, Spencer's trying to beat a ticking clock that she can't see. Um, so I think, like, her sense of her sense of urgency is better than her, like, ability to read the room. In, is, like, mm. in this situation. And then Hannah wants to wear a really cute dress to Ian's funeral. Oh a God, little much. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that's a really fun dress, but, like, Man, that is not appropriate. But I, like, I get it. Um, And then we talk about Ashley's dad a little bit. And I, like, I don't think we know anything about Grandpa. I don't think so either. Like, I think this is the first we're hearing of him. Yeah, and Ashley doesn't regret missing his funeral. Yikes. I hope that if somebody has to miss my funeral, they regret it you know for sure yeah Mm -hmm. i'd like to be i'd like to be a person where someone wouldn't want to not go to my funeral yeah um and then we pan over to the church and the bell's ringing and hannah is wearing a little like birdcage veil i was like girl you're so extra and i love you i thought they all looked very um glamorous for a funeral for someone they don't want to attend yeah, considering they didn't look this glamorous at Allie's funeral in I the pilot. I think Hannah did wear the same veil thing because it's very familiar. I think I'm gonna she wore Google it to the it. other funeral, too. I'm going to Google it. Um, and then we can bring up how Ezra and Arya, oh my gosh, that was literally, it was awful to watch, especially when... He's covering for why he's there to support the students in their grief, yet Arya's getting angry that he's not just dropping to Arya's parents that they're dating. Also, oh, Arya I'm voting seemed your like, teenage daughter. I'm sorry, but like Arya seemed like she was shocked that her parents were there. It like was when funny they yeah. like the flame. What the yeah. heck? Like, like, wouldn't you know that your parents were at this funeral? Al, uh, Hannah didn't wear uh, the birdcage veil to Allie's funeral. Really? I didn't think so. No. What am I, I remembering me, it from? I don't know if I can send a picture in the chat. Let me try. Or I'll send it to Eggs. Um, I just want to say that I really appreciate that this egg thing has been going on for a long time. Almost five years now. Wait, Emily, how long have you been married? Uh, Three years. So it's been going on for about four years, this egg thing. And it's still going strong, and I appreciate that very much. We love a good joke. Yeah, see, they Um, were really dressed down for that funeral. Yeah. Well, the wardrobe department has more money in season two. This is true. That was the pilot episode. Allie's funeral was also the pilot, yeah. So, um, I also like that they, so they cut to the funeral, and Hannah goes, who's ringing the bell this time? Ugh, classic. 
freaking Hannah, Hannah. man. Um, The cops are just standing around to make sure that people with torches and pitchforks don't show up. And Melissa is just like brooding in the corner. Like, if this was a vampire TV show, Melissa would be angel. I just feel so bad that they're not focusing any of it on Melissa right now. Yeah, the fact that the fact that she doesn't say anything until the last like thirty seconds of this episode is wild. Mm-hmm. She got paid just to look pretty and sad, basically. Hey, that's a nice gig. Yeah, and I, well, and I feel bad that she's like processing all of this stuff alone because like this has got to be a doozy on your mental health, like a now- person that. You, like, you thought that your husband was one person, and you're finding out that he's another person, and he's dead, and you're and pregnant with his baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, I've never experienced that myself, so I can't say for certain, but I think that that scenario would probably fuck me up a bit. I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely too. don't anticipate having, like, a good time dealing I, with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I also don't know how soon I'd be able to, like, talk about it, you know? Maybe Melissa needs this time to just, like, process on her own. and, like, go through it on her own for a few days to figure out where she is before she can talk about it. That's fair. Um, and then on the, like, poor timing train, Emily wants to have a conversation right now during this funeral about the... Logan and the money. Um, Logan and all that kind of stuff. Really, and then like Emily had some poor time in there. Yeah, and then Spencer flips out and is like, We're obsessed and the therapist thinks we're obsessed and maybe that's what A wants, so maybe we should just stop. And and she noted that like nothing that they do will bring Allie back. And, like I get Spencer yeah. being upset, but at the same time you can focus your energy on both things. Like you don't have to all-or-nothing type situation with this. Yeah, and but, I think like... Spencer's being a little ridiculous and... It's also... everything. It's also fair that, like, in this specific moment, it's not a good time. Oh, yeah, Like, the same, the same way but that, like, picture. the Ari... Yeah, the same way that the Ari and Ezra stuff could have waited, like, a day. Like, fine, you want Ezra to tell your parents that you're dating, but, like, the middle of the funeral of the guy that confessed quote-unquote, to murdering your friend is, like, not the time to be like, oh, by the way, I'm boning your underage daughter. They're not having sex, by the way. We no, keep saying... I Like, I realize this. We keep saying boning, but, like... But they don't that's just, actually... Yeah. That's just the term that we're using. We're very aware that they're not actually having sex, just in case anybody that's listening, because we established that apparently we have listeners. Um... <laughs> Like, we're, we don't mean that they're actually having sex at this point in time, but uh, that's just the term that we keep using. Um, and then Emily corners Garrett and, like, talks to him about Logan. And he's like, if it makes you sleep better at night, I'll look into this woman. Ugh. And then she sure does, calling Jenna to be like, yeah. it's all good. I took care of it, and he just pays the guy off. And then, once the funeral's over, Dolce Gabbana and leave What? <laughs> Wait, another timeline question for you. Why was she in the school? 
Why was she at school with her mom in their funeral clothes? Yep. I had that same thought. I was like, Hannah, what the fuck are you doing there? And why know, was Caleb's... Why was, like, why was Kate like... If this was a funeral, like, was it in the middle of the week? Like, why was Caleb's foster mom on campus turning in paperwork on a day that seemingly campus would be closed? Sometimes funerals are on weekdays they're less expensive then yeah i'm wonder- mm-hmm. i wonder if like spencer's parents wanted to get it out of the way so they just did it on like a tu- like whatever the closest day uh, yeah. was like a tuesday or something that's maybe. how i yeah. read it like, um, we're just gonna do this ASAP. oh also two questions about the funeral really quick why did the girls throw dirt on his coffin. I was that's, wondering. That's why usually they did like it. a thing of reverence that you do, like if your husband dies, like the widow is the one that throws the dirt on the coffin, or like if a parent dies, it's like the kids that throw the dirt on the coffin. So that was weird. Because they are his closest relatives. Wait, like Melissa be doing I mean? that? It would be like Melissa that would have done that. But like that that but also Melissa couldn't she couldn't she couldn't function enough to do that. But that's also like putting the dirt on the coffin like that to me is like a sign of respect. It's like a way to say goodbye. Like in this situation, they're like fuck you good riddance. So it's kind of weird that they would do anything more than the bare minimum. Like that's like that's like a tradition that's like something built out of like dealing with your grief not something that you would do to someone that you hate i mean it could be cathartic to bury things that um aren't good for us maybe they um i did like cinematically they like filmed the girls like brushing the dust off their hands kind of of like washing their hands of the ian situation is kind of what that felt like so maybe that's why they did it uh and then jason's being creepy in the background which we didn't always. know, but Jason's yep. always creepy in the background. That's where he thrives as an actor. Um, and then my when note I did- for the, I just I just saw my note for Fitz and Arya's conversation. The exact right place and time is not a fucking funeral for a guy that everyone assumes is a murderer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because Arya like places, but uh, not that one. Aria like yells at Fitz and is like, um, when is the exact right place and time? I was like, girl. And then she says something like, um, I needed a hug from you today, not tomorrow or the next time I see you at Hollis. I'm like, then you should be dating someone your own age that wasn't your teacher. Yep. Like that, I don't know. This whole relationship's making me so angry. I liked yeah. her talk with um with Jason though about Allison and how he was afraid. Yeah. Oh, and the fact that, like, he uh, thought that he killed Allie, and so by Ian's note, it, like, absolves him because he had, like, blacked out. Yeah. Yep. Think how hard that is to process. That's got to be a lot of stress that he's been under. Well, and the fact that, um, like there was like a really weird dynamic between him and Allie where like she was the dominating one and he was afraid of her when like usually um 
you have those situations of like the older brother tormenting the younger sister. Yep. Um. No, I did. I liked that. I thought it was a good talk. I also, and then we get to jump into Spencer and Melissa's chat. And before we even dive into it, I just want to say, how the hell has Spencer not checked her purse for a few days? Right? right? That was like, that was like my biggest no. I was like, how did A hide that phone so well that Spencer like pulled it right out of the bag without having to look for it, but she Mm -hmm. hasn't seen it in like five days? And right? That, it's completely unrealistic. A had to be posted outside of Spencer's to wait to do it until they were talking to then book it over to Emily's. To then book it over to the cemetery. Like A moves quick and is really a obsessed vampire. with these kids. <laughs> they can just zoop. But I also, when Melissa threw that phone, that thing split into so many pieces and didn't dent the wall, which threw me off. Yeah. I mean, do you think it would? I had a couple of phones at that time that would explode like that if you just dropped it like an inch and a half. But there seems the to be too many she pieces. Threw it. Yeah, yeah, there seems to be too many pieces, and the fact that the wall sustained no damage. Um, and then the um, fact that they almost had a good moment i feel like i'm like really bummed because their family dynamic has been so bad and it's like the the thing that i find interesting is that they went from like melissa kind of feeling bad that spencer was right about ian and she didn't believe spencer to then immediately not believing spencer I, I could buy that, though, especially when you're sitting there and you're about to have a moment and be very vulnerable with your sister, and then right. you see your dead fiance's phone ringing in her purse, and that's the right. only way you've been contacting him this whole time. Yeah, it, like, it makes sense, but it's just, like, it's one of those things where, like, you can definitely see that all of this is running on heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. Because rational thought like would let spencer explain but like melissa's going through it yeah <laughs> um and I, then i couldn't believe that the montgomery's jumping just because yeah yeah, yeah. for bed that the montgomery's just let mike leave so late at night like right. that's what throws me with these kids they just get to leave whenever they want and mike is younger than them Right, well, and then, like, up to this point, they just assume that Mike's doing the things that he, like, actually says he's doing, and Arya's keeping his secret. Mm-hmm. Which she should just tattle on him. I right, would it would be so easy to just be like, yo, my brother's being an asshole right now. Like, and at this point, Deal it's not it. gonna, like... It's not going to ruin moms and dads relationship because moms and dads really, like, and this is very obviously, like, you like this is where you can see that they're kids is you know the kids doing something wrong and mom's and dad's relationship are two separate entities but they see it all as the same thing so like mom and dad fighting has nothing to do with whether or not mike is acting out and so 
Mike thinks, oh, well, if Aria tells mom and dad that I'm acting out, they'll just keep fighting. But that's like not how that works. So and mom and dad seem to be doing okay at this point. Yeah, they're they're all right. Like, so yeah, they're not know. fighting. So Mike doesn't need to go break into places anymore. Um, I think it's funny that uh, Mike is like, stop washing my sweats. I smell like a candle. And mom goes, I think I'll take that glass of absinthe now. Yep, <laughs> I thought that was funny. A nice little mom moment. Um, and then Garrett pays off the delivery guy and calls Jenna and is like, hey, everything's um, taken care of. And then Caleb comes over to check on Hannah. Caleb is winning uh, me over. And he brings a bag thing. of ice. And I like how he doesn't directly, um, what was I going to say? With Janet, he doesn't, like, directly thank Hannah. Like, he doesn't bring it up until the very end when he drops, like, the law firm name. Like, it's just, they're both tiptoeing around their feelings. I also like that Hannah makes the big move. Yeah, I like that Hannah makes the move because she's the one that was, like, drawing the boundaries last episode and stuff. So it's, like, it's on her to... uh, It's on her terms for, like, what they mm -hmm. want to do. Yeah. Uh, I also liked that he brings her, like, the food and the ice. And then he goes, I should have sprung for two bags. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that uh, was I funny. thought that was cute. And then... And I really and wanted dumplings. He, yeah. Oh, that sounded so dumplings. good. Dumplings and walnut shrimp. Mm. Um, and then he's like, I'm going to watch Goonies with Lucas. And she goes, oh, that sounds fun, I guess. He's I like, don't think you heard me. I'm watching Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, don't hate. And then I also like what you pointed out where you said uh, he doesn't, like, directly address it. He just says Dolce Gabbana and Leibowitz. Like, mm-hmm. duh, I know it was you. Um, and then they kiss, and it's very cute. I also, in this scene, I noted that I miss Toby because he hasn't been in this episode. We also haven't seen Mona in a while. Or yeah, it's Wilton, been a, which I'm fine with. We haven't seen Wilton in like a season and a half. It feels like it's been a long time since we've. It's since been Wilton's delightful. Been I'm not complaining. Yeah. He can no, stay gone. Um, and then okay, I don't understand the a message that Emily gets that like leads them to Allie's grave. Because I thought that the map that. Um, was in the envelope that Emily picked up. I thought that was houses. No, that was uh, the graveyard plot. Okay, so the map... So Mom was picking out funeral plots? I think A sent that to Mom. With the intention of Emily picking it up because Mom was out of town? Okay. Because number 44 was Was circled. circled. And I don't think mom would really care where Allison was buried. Like, I don't okay. think she'd send herself something like that. Yeah. Okay. But I was confused because I thought, like, because it said something at the top. Like, I had to pause it to read it, but it said something at the top about real estate. And I didn't, like, look at it very closely. Neither did I. But I just. Okay. But then once I saw that the maps matched up, I was like, oh, A definitely. That makes sense. Okay. And then um, Hannah says, I'm confused and I'm stepping in something mushy. 
And I don't know why, but that just made me giggle. And then the creepy video pops up on the creepy mausoleum and it's the extended version. So the director's cut of the <laughs> Ian and Allie video and Allie's yeah. alive. Which sucks for all of them. Because so now it's... Allie's murderer isn't dead. Yep. As far as we know. Like... Yeah. And then as far I as wrote, I was like, and finally, Spencer's believing Emily only after A takes her family away from her. Yeah. Oh, and then A, like, they're, like, looking around in the trees, and A just, like, sneaks off, like, a like a cartoon with the projector. Mm-hmm. Again, how long was A sitting in that damn tree? Because all the girls had to come together to then go to the graveyard. Just hanging out in a tree. I mean, not to, like, not to defend A, but I do spend a lot of time in trees. So, like, I get it, you know? If you're going to hang out and wait for somebody, that's the place to do it. True. (laughs) It was a good episode. There was a lot going on in this episode, for sure. Yeah. What is the next episode called? Our next episode is episode six, which is Never Letting Go. Never Let Go, Jack. What do you think that means? I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm listening. I don't have any predictions. Did you have any predictions this episode? No. Guess not. I don't think so. There was just a lot going on. Like a lot of questions were answered, and a lot of last week's questions, or someone. Answered. We didn't get to the bottom of the horseshoe of Yeah, but like a lot of things. You're right. Like a lot of your predictions popped up. Except so. that didn't come back. We didn't see Paige this episode, so we don't know whether or not a kills Paige. Maybe that's that's a, a hint that she did die because we haven't seen her. Um, and Hannah's dad didn't come back this episode. True. But you were right that it wasn't Ian's suicide note. I just it felt- We also don't know if Hannah's mom is A. Yeah. Still possible. Hey, well, she got a little emotional. Maybe she, if she is A, she's realizing the torment she's putting her daughter Could you imagine, I mean, like, I guess a lot of the adults on this show are doing stupid things, could you, but could you imagine, like, you know, the mom of one of these children? girls being a cyber bully? And now you have to go to therapy because of what I've done to you. <laughs> and now you can't hang out with your friends. Because of what I did. Let me torture you more. Yeah. And then she breaks into the therapist's office. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> and then gets upset at Hannah, accusing Hannah of possibly breaking in. Yeah. I guess wow. it could make sense. That'd be but wild. it would be dumb. I'd be really mad. You should be really mad if that happens. I will be mad if it's any of the parents. Oh, it's yeah. such a cop-out. That'd be wild. Maybe we should stop watching. 
Yeah, what, podcast what, ends here. What bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know parents make mistakes, but like, yo. In a hypothetical situation, that would be horrible. But on that note, we touched, we got everything, right? I, I think, think so. so. And that's all the secrets we can share today. Boop, boop, see you yeah. Bye bye. All right. We'll talk to you ladies later. That's all the secrets we can share today. For all of our updates, or if you just want to say hi, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at APLL Podcast. Or you can send us an email at a pretty little liars podcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. We'd like to extend our thanks to Tim Buell for the marvelous music. And a thank you to Anne Allen for the amazing artwork. And an extra special thank you to you for listening. Until Until next time, time, bitches. bitches.